You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Well met, fellow adventurers. I'm backed. To continue with Proving Grounds Part, Proving Grounds 6, I'm now on to Part 2, Shrine Islands, Scenario 3, Bad Tidings. Begin the scenario. The conclusion of the previous part. All I reason cry about our serves to remind you you haven't seen your companion since you were struck a mighty blow by the Tarzal leader's formidable telekinetic attack. You quickly move over to the last spot in which you had seen him. But there is no sign of the master thief to be had. He'll turn up, scowls Uali as her eyes scan the edge of the forest. Strange indeed are some of those with which our taskmaster keeps company. Yes, Guria, what brought her to the island? And if she's been all her... In, been here all along, she shakes her head and sighs. Afraid our taskmaster is the very reason I've come here, Zoop. I stand before you as the bearer of bad tidings from Sungard Island. And now... Oriel sighs and looks straight into your eyes. She opens her mouth to speak. At the very moment, a long, eerie howl. The same as you heard previously with Owl. Wises out of the forest to the north of the beach. This time, however, the unsettling call is much closer. Oreo turns and faces the woods. What is that? she asked, as her eyes scour the tree line. Quickly tell her that you've heard it before, but have yet to discover what is making the dreadful sound. Well, then we're going to find find that out shortly, she says, tightening her grip on her staff. Whatever it is, whatever that is, it's coming the our way. We've already come to the same horrific conclusion. Oreo's sudden and startled shout causes your heart to skip a beat. She points into the forest and you immediately spot what has prompted her alarm. Nearly 40 yards inside the edge of the woods, you can clearly see small trees and brush being brushed, brushed about as something large and powerful crashes through the forest heading due south towards the stony beach on which you stand. Suddenly, a 
thick wall of woodland parts less than 20 yards from the edge of the forest, giving you, you your first clear glimpse of the fearsome sight moving in your direction. Stomping through the woods, making its way swiftly and steadily towards the beach, is a massive, towering, stone and iron construct. Immediately recognise the construct as being nearly identical to those you encountered on Sarngard Isle. This fearsome behemoth, however, is easily twice the size of any you've previously seen. A thin trail of black smoke streams out the top of the construct's square-shaped head as it parts two small trees, continues crashing its way towards the beach. And you. Suddenly, a large puff of black smoke erupts from the top of the construct head, followed by a long, long wailing whistle which you now realise is the howl you've been hearing. Furio turns, looks at you with a horrified look on her face. What is that? The massive construct reaches the edge of the forest and charges out into the open. With long, thundering strides, the towering being of iron and stone swiftly bears down on you. Furio tightens her grip on her staff and steps to the right. The fearsome Benamoth will be upon you a matter of moments. So I've got some options. I could flee. I could charge at it. Hold my ground and await its arrival. I could use illusion, elementalism, archery. And if it was a bit higher, I could use telekinesis. I'm going to use hmm, illusion. Because I'm not really sure how that will work out. Succeeded. Atex speeds of illusion. You call upon your power of illusion and expertly craft the likenesses for your sophonoria, running towards the forest, hoping it will confuse the construct. Much to your dismay, the charging stone and iron Benamoth pays no mind to your illusions, continues to bear down on you. So, I've only got, I can only hold my ground, charge forward or flee. I will hold my ground and wait its arrival. You boldly hold your ground as the massive stolen iron constructs charges, bearing down on you with alarming swiftness. Suddenly, Uyo steps in front of you and levels her long staff at the fearsome being. A roaring blast of, of fire erupts from the tip of her staff and strikes the construct squarely in the centre of his broad torso. Thwarting explosion tears off its left arm does little to slow its rapid approach. The towering Benamoth charges into melee range and effortlessly tosses Yurio into the nearby forest with an effortless sweep of his remaining arm. Little time to worry over the fate of the sorceress as you quickly find yourself locked in a brutal battle with your fearsome enemy. It's a massive construct, but it is damaged. The... the Towering construct smashes at you with its energy entwined fists. The massive construct shudders as its mental metal fists suddenly emit a fierce golden glow, which sense the construct is slowly increasing its strength. Okay, now I've got to focus on getting it out of the way. The Quickstone has stored the 20 you've, do you've just rolled. The Quickstone will repeat the 20 you've just rolled next round. And there we are. 
you have slain your foe. 41XB. The massive stone and iron construct collapses into a smashed heap at your feet. Arcs of golden energy leap across the shattered torso of the strange being for several moments in the wake of its demise before rapidly dissipating. About to turn and whoosh off in search of Arnu when the staff-wielding sorcerer suddenly appears at your side. Her face is scraped and scruffed and her white hand is bleeding. She quickly assures you she's all right. Fine bit of work. I thought for certain I had him with that blast. You and Yorio move up and examine the remains of the massive construct. While Oreo is studying the being's large, block-shaped head, you spot something lying on the ground next to its left arm. You lean down and examine the object, and are surprised to discover it's a shard of raven bone, much the same as, the, as some others you've seen since first arriving on Sarnguard. You quickly take possession of the wear and valuable material, raven bone shard. You discovered this small shard of raven bone amidst the charred remains of the massive stone and metal construct defeated on the shore of, Sar of Shrine Isle. Raven bone, Asurio? Looking up to see what you found. Again and again it seems to have shown up. Beginning to make sense though. I'm glad that sound at your back causes you both to spin around, prepared for confrontation. Surprise and relief, however, to find yourself face to face with your formerly missing companion. Owl, his face coated in what appears to be a fine film of ass. Ash grins as he strides up to you and Uriel. He nods at the sources and tells you the forest is crawling with many more of the silver armour tussle. Glances down at the remains of the massive construct and slowly shakes his head. Found a bit of rust spot in there, he says, wiping away some of the ash that covers his face and holding up his hand for the two of you to see. Don't need to tell you, perhaps, that they're all moving in the direction of our ruins. Think they might be after the very thing we are. It'd certainly set us back it back if they were to get it. You're about to ask Al what he intends to do next when he turns and addresses Uriel, only be described as an accusatory tone. Nice of you to come check up on us, fair lady, he sneers. Has, our, has the good master sent you all the way so you can make a timely appearance with your staff of fire on our behalf? Oh, and I dread the thought. Did he hope you might be able to identify our charred corpses? The sinister implications of Arl's provocative words seem to have little effect on Oreo. The sorceress frowns and shakes her head. I come, bearing tidings. Has Prorin changed his mind? Quips out in a wide tone that borders on a noise. It's a bit late after an all for calling any of this off. I'm quite besides the point that it's now my fight. His business is on the aisle where... Quiet! Snaps Oreo, flashing the master thief a withering glare. Much to surprise Owl, who seems somewhat taken aback, promptly obeys her bold command and stops speaking. For several moments, an uncomfortable silence hangs over the three of you. Oreo turns to you, looks directly into your eyes, 
as she delivers the tidings she has carried off, carried with her from the shores of Sarngard. Thane Poland is dead, she says, exhaling sharply. As she finishes the sentence, he was killed in a Nauanok ambush north of the Outer Markers. Learned of it yesterday. No one knows anything is passing yet. It was, of course, in the guise of Miranor. For whatever this means to you of you and your endeavours, it was my duty to let you know. And now you do. Owl suddenly draws his white hand to his mouth, claws at the edge of his claw figure, while his fierce eyes wander across the narrow stretch of beach, beach and out into the dark, rolling water of the sun. Oriokasa gazes the ground and reaches for something on her belt. Your mind races and your heart pounds wildly in the pit of your chest. Oreo's tidings have struck you, not only a severe tactical blow, but one that's profoundly personal. For the next several minutes, no one speaks. Nothing at hand seems to matter. That finishes this scenario on a downer. 384 experience to general. 32 experience to all skills and powers. If that even means anything anymore. Oh dear. Right, on to... On to the next scenario. To the ruins. <coughs> now, I, I am... Um, the last one is last. This repeats the previous page, which I'm not reading again because it's too sad. And now, Owl is the first to break the uncomfortable silence that's descended upon the three of you in wake in the wake of the tragic news related by Uriel. Turns to the sorcerer and boldly asks her how she arrived on Swine Island. "You are a fool," she says only glancing in his direction for a moment before turning her full attention to you. I too was close with the Thane's oop, and I too, too find it difficult to fathom his end should have come about in such an unceremonious manner. Treachery has obviously played a role in it, though, and I shall return to the Isle straight away to see if I might not work my way in the th into the thick of it. And I'm the fool, scoffs Al. There is nothing to be gained by returning to those shores. Stay with us, and we'll soon be far from this dreadful corner of the kingdom. Our road will take us to Cardson, to the very root of all this. Against my better judgment, I would allow you to share the journey, all your frowns and then sighs. Quite noble of you, she says, tapping the end of her staff against the ground. But there is much to be done on Sargard. Until the, the masked overlord sees fit to abandon his shores, I will be there, lurking and watching. Let us not forget that, that, despite our mutual disdain, we, you and I are on the same side. I'll turn to nods and turns to you. All right, Soup. No more delay. Let's be off to the top of that peak. Oreo smiles and closes her eyes and begins muttering a string of strange-sounding words. For either you or Al can ask what she's doing, 
The unmistakable flapping of thick, leathery wings fills the air. Your eyes are instinctively draw skyward, where behold, much to your astonishment, a large, grey-scale Chotorak descending upon you. Owl steps back as the Chotorak, which is easily the size of a young dragon, lands gently several yards to the west and quietly folds its massive wings onto its spiny back. Immediately recall the attack you faced from the Chotorak riding sorceress she fed Sangard, and the attack by the two Chotorak that brought about the utter destruction of Sangard. Uh, Sean Howe, and the deaths of his captain and crew. Al demands to know where she obtained the creature, and he swiftly echoes his inquiry. Oreo seems taken aback by the almost accusatory tone of your questions, when we explain to her your recent history with Chelterwick and Chelterwick riders. She apologises and tells you that she also came under attack on Sarmgard, in the hills south of the keep. She says, Wait a well, in the hills. Was, there, it wasn't any source on the back of this one, as you describe. It was an armoured man, as far as I could tell. He wielded fire as well. Though I gave him a taste of my own flame, enough to send him toppling from the back of this poor beast. Oreo tells the two of you that after blasting the wider with her own po- potent magical fire, the Chosuric landed. As she went over to investigate the face of the man, she had sent tumbling from the sky. Much to her own surprise, there was no sign of him to be found. The blast I struck him should have been enough to kill him off, she says. If it wasn't, the fool should have finished him off. Don't quite know what to make of any of it. And this, says the owl, cautiously stepping closer to the large-winged reptile, just like picking up a pouch of gold, you just took this great beast along with you. Certainly not, says the sorceress, stepping over and gently rubbing the Chotowick's ribbed nose. It takes a bit of practice to be able to gain the trust of these creatures. And even more to be able to fly atop one. Luckily, what I learned from my days in Aspir seems to still be with me. I think when I return to Sangard, I will let this fellow go, though. Don't be mo- It won't do me much good to keep sawing about on him. Before either you or our suggestions, Oreo offers to give you both a wine to the ruined shrine atop the towering peak at the centre of the aisle. After, after having heard Al's account of the Tazzle moving about the forest, you're thankful to have a swift and direct route to your ultimate destination. The Chotorik's jagged spine provides natural saddles into which the three of you neatly fit. Oreo sits closest to the beast's broad neck, and you take the spot deck really behind you, leaving Owl nearest to the base of the reptile's spiny tail. First, you're a bit nervous seated atop the creature. But as it spreads its massive wings and lifts its bulk gently into the air, you soon realise you're in no real danger of falling off. With a rush of air, the Chotterwick soars up and heads over the forest that dominates the middle portion of Swine Isle and heads due north towards the lofty peak atop which lies the ruins you travelled here seeking. The blast of fire comes about of nowhere. 
Uriel shouts, and the Chosewick pitches to the left as a broad bolt of crimson flame sweeps into view from the east, tearing, tearing past with only a few, with only a few feet of the sorceress's head. She hugs the neck of the startled reptile, attempts to wipe its course, before she could fully regain control of it. A second bolt of flame hurtles in, this time striking her squarely in the torso. With a blood-curdling shriek, Uriel is knocked from the back of her winged mount and sent plummeting towards the tops of the trees far below. She reaches forward, attempting to place your hands, place your hands on the Chotorik's neck. You catch sight of a blinding flash of white below. You whisk a glance down, but can no longer see any sign of the spellcaster. There! The white! cries Al, hanging on to your Chotorik with all his might. You whip your head in the direction it indicated, and spot two other Chotorik, each with a staff wielding wider seated on his spiny back. The closest of your airborne adversaries tilts the long staff in your direction. Unleashes a third bolt of bright crimson flame. The fiery missile streaks through the air, hurtling straight for you as you struggle to gain control of the Chotorik. Right, picking a number. Bonus of 58. 19 from horsemanship, 19 from woodmanship, 20 from might. I need 100 or more. Let's see what happens. Failure. A powerful blast of fire tears into your side seriously wounding you and causing you to momentarily lose your grip on the Chotorik's scaly neck. You desperately attempt to regain your hold on the winged mount as the beach pitches perilously to the right. Sliding to your left, you make a desperate, final, desperate attempt to, to, to regain your hold on the pitching Chotorik. Pick a number. Bonus of 79. 19 from horsemanship, 20 from agility, 20 from might, and 20 from body. Pick now. Success. 144. By only the tips of your fingers, you manage to retain your grip on the Chotorik's scaly neck. Using the last reserves of your strength, you claw your way back into a seated position of the winged beast's spiny back. I will scream something to you. But the howl of the wind drowns out his desperate cries as you turn the nodes of the reptile towards the towering peak, now looming out of the forest to the north and east. Our again screams to you, and this time you distinctly hear the word south. Turning to look over your left shoulder, you catch sight of the source of his desperate warning. There, swiftly closing on you from behind, are two the two other Chodwick and their riders. No other... Ch- no choice but attempt to reach the towering peak before you are overtaken, or blasted with more fire. You attempt to urge your mount onward, hoping that the winged me- reptile has enough strength and speed to outdistance your menacing pursuers. Pick a number. Bonus of 17, 69. 19 from woodmanship, 20 from spirit, 10 from luck, 20 from agility. I need 100 or more. Success with 160. Urged on by your efforts, the Chotwick begins swiftly beating its massive wings as it streaks through the sky towards the approaching peak. 
As it draws up to the broad pinnacle of stone, the mighty beast veers to the right and begins a rapid descent towards a large clearing in the, in the forest near the summit. Much to your relief, a quick glance back over your shoulder reveals that the two other children have peeled off and are flying back to their power south, the riders having apparently given up pursuit. You're also greatly relieved to find Arl is still clinging to the beast's back. As you soar in for a landing, you catch sight of what you assume must be the ruins of the shrine atop the peak. As the Chotwick nears the ground the centre of the clearing, the winged reptile suddenly spins onto its back and shoots upwards into the air, swiftly reversing its descent and casting you and Owl from its back. As you plummet towards the ground below, you make a desperate bid to soften your landing. So there's a few options here. I could use fortification, elementalism, or just press please continue and just try to do it. I'll use elementalism. It succeeded. 24 experience to elementalism. You summon your power of elementalism. Without the delay, the ground speeding upwards to meet your descent explodes as a towering earth elemental rises up. The mighty being of, of dirt and stone stretches out its broad hands and catches you. Groove grumble, and what you would perceive to be a grin spread across its stony face. The elemental gently deposits you safely on the ground, in the middle of the clearing, before swiftly retreating into the earth. Nice bit of work there, says a familiar voice to your left. You turn to find Owl seated behind a thick tuff of graft, covers the clearing, nursing what appears to be a sore ankle. I've taken worse, you know. But if this sort but should but should this sort of thing keep up, you'll be carrying me on your back before very long. Al ignores your extended hand and regains his feet on his own. The master thief then turns and stares up at the top third of the towering pinnacle towering stone pinnacle that stretches into the sky behind you. Now nearly as high as the summit, and still climbing, the two of you turn your gaze to the swinging silhouette of the departing Chilterwick. I hope to wind it back down, maybe even off this forsaken isle, says Owl, turning to once again stare up at the peak. But after all this, I think I might rather swim in the sun. Don't suppose we've seen the last of the, the, of the firecaster, says Owl. Whose disdain for Uriel is, is apparent. A maze of her skill is capable of some very remarkable feats, and I believe we may just have witnessed one. Hope it wasn't done solely on our account. Owl's words, Owl's words anger you, and you're about to speak up in Uriel's defence when he suddenly retracts them. She's a friend of yours, no doubt. I can see that, he says. I'm, I, I'm sorry if I must make my misgivings so plain. I beg your forgiveness, Soup. Your anger subsides and al almost instantly, and your thoughts return to the spellcaster. You hope that Owl's words will prove to be at least partially true. She's been saved from her horrendous death by her own potent magic. I also hope she will soon wake up join you. On the far side of the clearing, you will create a broad, largely overgrown path that winds its way up to the edge of the peak, towards the summit.
And I'll tell you, he, he does not appear anyone's past his way recently. You've come to the same conclusion. He hopes the two of you will find the ruined shrine deserted. Nothing would more speedily spoil the day than a wound woken from a bunch of the snakes, says Frowning. Come on then, let's hurry, and hope hope the good sorceresses might find us again. Hope the good sorceress might find us again, if indeed she lived. I can't help but thinking we might just need all the hope we can get before this next bit is over. That finishes this scenario. With 384 experience the general and 32 experience to all skills and powers. Alright, on to the next one. The battle for the shrine. Alright, looks like we are going to meet some opposition. Okay, that's this, this one's repeating what we've just done. They do that because when when these were first being released, they were released over about a two-year period. So there was often a pretty large gap between one bit and the next. And of course, you could leave the gaps there yourself. If you do a bit, wait for a bit, and so on. Now... Fearing that the enemy may already be making its way up the peak, or may, it, may have already reached it by other paths and means, you and Al are both eager to begin the final leg of the ascent. The Master Thief tells you that when you reach the summit, the two of you must make for a round building, which supposedly sits at the centre of the shrine. The second of the three books rests beneath a grand statue in the middle of the sanctum, he says, making reference to the missing leather-bound journal. If we side the sofa alone up there, well, let's just continue to hope we do. Off we go! The two of you trek upwards along the broad, overgrown path leading towards the summit of the peak. Now and again, you pause for a moment and carefully survey your surroundings. Each time you neither see nor hear anything that would indicate your foes are anywhere in the vicinity. As you close to within only a couple of hundred yards of the flattened summit, the path you're following suddenly forks. Both limbs of the trail snake steeply upwards through a field of loose rocks and leaning trees. Elmer stares along both paths, and then turns to you as he expects to tell him which one you should take. At first glance, both paths appear steep and treacherous. So I can go left or right. I can use divination or woodmanship to give me some clues. I'll use divination. You sense, you sense danger or an unspecified nature associated on the path to the left. Then I shall take the path to the right. With Al following only a few yards behind you, you begin to slow and arduous climb up the steep stony track leading to the summit. To almost 50 yards to the path. 50 yards, the path becomes loose underfoot 
and you begin to struggle to maintain your footing as you continue the perilous ascent. Easy we go, calls Al from several yards back along the trail. We don't want to. His words are caught short by a sudden cry of alarm. You rip your head round and look on in horror. The path beneath the master's master thief crumbles, sending him pitching down the side of the slope in a cloud of dust and rock, before you can even contemplate going to his aid. The portion of the track you're standing on begins to slide, sweeping you off your feet and sending you tumbling towards the edge of the slope. Pick a number. Bonus of 87. 19 from woodmanship, 8 from thievery, 20 from agility, 10 from might, 10 from luck, 20 from body, pick now. 153. Success. You manage to grab onto a large rock protruding from the side of the path and keep from plunging down the slope. To finding a suitable foothold, you pull yourself back onto the stony track. You sit on the trail, bathed in sweat and attempting to catch your breath. You peer down at the hillside below. There's no longer any sign of Owl. You're about to regain your feet and continue towards the summit, hoping it will offer you a better view of what lies below. When a familiar voice from up ahead on the trail startles you, you turn towards the voice and lace and are elated to find Owl dragging himself back onto the path. Collapses onto his back and exhales heavily as you move up to his side. Reach down and hope into his feet, and without a word, the two of you move swiftly along the remainder of the track towards the summit. You reach the top of the stony track and step onto the firm ground of the peak's flattened summit. Come on then, there's hardly a moment to waste, says Al, rushing forward into the band of trees that wing the crown of the peak. You take one last look back along the path you've just ascended, before turning and following swiftly at his heels. The band of fir trees through which you and our, and our press quickly thin out, and you find yourself standing on the lip of a broad, rocky depression. Centre of depression, amidst the sea of boulders and stunted trees, lies the shattered, crumbling ruins of the shrine, from which the isle long ago took its name. Rise immediately lock on to a circular structure near to what you perceive to be the middle of the ruined shrine. The small building appears remarkably intact. Earl turns and slaps you on the shoulder. There it is, he says, grinning. Hadn't seen that, I might have begun to learn, lose hope. All right, let's make haste. We'll keep our wits at hand. After surveying the area for nearly a minute, both you and Owl conclude the ruined shrine is not occupied. While this bodes well for the task you find yourself confronted with, the retrieval of the book from the shrine's sanctum, you can't help but feel that you are not alone here. I've no doubt they'll have taken the book already if they know where to find it, says Owl as you move down into the rocky depression and begin to make your way towards the centre, the wounds. Maybe they'll like to lead, like us to lead them to it, and while it pains me that such might be the case, there's little else we can do. We need to have that book. Ask Al about the verse he previously mentioned, the verse he hoped to discover engraved on the wall of the temple. 
You can only assume the temple is a circular structure you are now heading for. Owl tells you the importance of the vert, verse, which is great, pales in comparison to that of the book. He also tells you the lone intact building is indeed the sanctum, or as some have called it, the temple that long served as the heart of the ancient shrine. Without the book, all of this has been in vain, he says. It's for just that reason I won't leave this aisle without it. It only takes a few minutes to wind your way through the maze of crumbling structures, toppled walls and piles of rubble to reach the open quadrangle that houses the round building. You are now spied from the lip of the depression. Crouched behind a heap of cut stone and ancient timbers, the two of you intently watch the tall arch that appears to be the only entrance into the building. For several moments you're certain you are alone, and Al is about to give the signal to move towards the structure, when the sounds of voices from within the temple suddenly dash your hopes, and sends your pulse racing. Al sighs and shakes his head. I prayed for speed, and I hope, hope for stealth, he whispers. Thus though it would seem we have achieved neither. He's about, to, he's about to say something else when a lone figure emerges from the shadows beneath the arch. You and Owl share a wide-eyed glance at the sudden appearance of an armoured human. You sense, however, that Owl should discerned, discerned more from this unexpected turn of events. Not all of the snakes are slivering about in silver armour, he hisses, glaring at contempt at the man, at, at the human now standing before the arch. That man is a wastman. Wastman, I know his face, and his presence here bodes ill, quite ill for us. You've heard of the wastman, of course, the brutal defenders of the grand century of Cardson. Meekly asks at the hour what it is they are doing here. Okay, so here's a, here's a few links to go to. Go through first, Roustman. Roust man slash Roust men. The Roustmen, as they are known, are a group of citizens of the city-state of Carson who are fiercely loyal to the Grand Century. To believe the Roustmen are earned, earned their name due to the strong-arm tactics they employ while rousting out those who stand in opposition to the Grand Century. Many brutal crimes have been attributed to this group, whom the Grand Century has long looked upon as loyal supporters. A long-standing hatred exists between the Wastmen and the Wabble. The Grand, the Grand Century The Grand Century is the title held by the current ruler of the city-state of Cardson, also known as the Sorcerer Lord. This mysterious masked figure came to power following a brutal civil war that nearly destroyed the city-state 200 years ago. The Roustmen have remained loyal to the authoritative Grand Century, while the Wabble have long stood in opposition to him. And then, one more link. Cardson. The powerful and remote city-state of Cardson. Situated at the edge of the ancient wood of Mariatori, has, since its founding nearly a thousand years ago, ruled the forests and plains south of Mount Miltor, 
with unmatched and fearsome military might. Through by no means a warlike state, Carson has always maintained one of the most powerful armies in all of northern Swift. At his outset, Carson was governed by a council of five, elected by its citizenry. The council was headed by a sixth digger, appointed by the appointed by the councillors themselves, known as the Century. The Eighth Century ultimately supported or rejected the governance provided by the council, but could not impose governance upon the people of Carson. All authority originated from the five-member assembly. For a thousand years following its founding, Carson thrived under the governance of elected council and the wisdom of its appointed centuries. Nearly two centuries ago, however, war erupted within the city-state. Corruption within the Council of Five sparked the bitter two-year civil war, which ended with the dissolution of the body and the death of its current century. For in the ashes of the war, there arose a mysterious and powerful figure known only as the Grand Century. The Grand Century quickly assumed an authoritative role and sought retribution against those responsible for the corruption and any who dared to question his claim to be the supreme ruler of the ancient city-state. Obvious to all that Carter's new ruler was a powerful sorcerer. Indeed, many have called him the Sorcerer Lord. For almost 200 years, the masked figure known as the Grand Century, as ruled Carson, as the memory of the Council of Five and the city's lawly, lawfully elected centuries fa- faded into history. During the wane of the Grand Century, which continues to this day, Carson still maintained one of the most formidable militaries in all of the North Borderlands. The Grand Century's wall has as as the city straight, city state supreme leader has not gone unchallenged, however, a group of dissidents dissidents who decry, who decry the Grand Century's right to rule Carson, and who seek to reinstate the Council of Five and the elected Century, have long stood in opposition to the Sorcerer Lord. This group has come to be known as the Wabble. Another group who are fiercely loyal to the Grand Century and have long done battle with the Wabble and their supporters have become known as the Woust Men. In recent months, the Wabble, led by, by a new and mysterious figure, have become more bold in their opposition and have begun launching attack against, against the Grand Century's forces and interests within the walls of Cardson. And beyond. I'm here on behalf of the Wabble, whispers Al, making a direct reference to the group from Carson, so long since stood in opposition to the Grand Century, ever since the end of the Civil War that brought him to power nearly 200 years ago. It's more to all this than the, the Welshman and the Wabble, though. Much, much more. We need now, more than ever, to get our hand on that book. When we're off this aisle, with the book safely in possession, 
I'll make it all as clear, clear as clear as I can. Okay, who is the rabble? The rabble, as they have become known, were a group of the citizens of the city-state of Carson, who stand in, in fierce opposition to the Grand Century and its authoritarian policies. The rabble have never had much success in their never-ending campaign against the sorcerer lord of Cardson, mostly due to the brutal tactics of his defenders, the Roustmen. In recent years, however, a mysterious figure has assumed leadership of the rabble. They've become, become unified and somewhat effective in their subversive tactics. The rabble claims that the Grand Century is not the legitimate ruler of Cardson. He holds the mass, vast majority of the city's populace at bay with his powerful magic. In recent months, Noble claims he discovered the rightful leader of Carson, the person who will restore the Council of Five and bring justice to the Grand Century and his villainous supporters. A long-standing hatred exists between the Wabble and the Wowstman. You're about to ask Al what he intends to do next, and the slark, sharp tip of a blade is suddenly pressed into your spine. Your blood runs cold even before you hear the first hiss. At last, your lock has swung dry. Instinctively, you lunge forward, taking, taking yourself away from the point of the blade pressed into your back. You go into a wall, then spring to your feet. You spin round, only to find yourself alone, facing three silver-armoured Tuzzle. There is no sign of Owl. The three Tuzzle hiss loudly as they close in around you. The foremost of the three sheaves his sword and holds up his white hand, revealing a small, shining silver square set into the plate palm of his spike gauntlet. Having witnessed the powerful blasts of fire his strange instruments are capable, you're eager to prevent the cruel reptilian making use of his. So I've got a few options. I can flee. Nope, not doing that. can charge them. Or I can use unarmed combat, archery, elementalism, shadow magic, or telekinesis. I'm going to use unarmed combat because... Wouldn't that just be cool? You successfully used it. 24 experience to unarmed combat. With remarkable speed, agility and accuracy, you roll forward and spring to your feet directly in front of the startled Tazar. A single blow to the, to the reptilian's wrist causes him to drop his hand and a swift, powerful midsection sends him staggering back into his true kin. All three of the armoured Tazal toppled to the ground. The three creatures squirm on the ground as they chuckle to quickly entangle themselves from each other. Rush forward and attack them! You're upon the three armoured Tazal before they've, e they've had a chance to rise fully out of their tangled pile and swiftly to dispatch one of them with a single blow. The remaining two snakemen fall back and regroup before rapidly slivering forward to avenge their fallen kin. 
You valiantly hold your ground and engage the first of the armour tussle. Okay. The armour tussle swipes at you with its plated fire-weaved arms. Oh, I go into battle wage. For pain point! Yes, yes for him! Ah! 42 XP. You leap forward from the remains of the slain tussle. Immediately find yourself confronted by the second of the cruel silver armoured snake men. Here we are, the second snake man swipes at you with his flame weaved arms. Oh, yes, I got hit by fire just now for about 20 damage. Keep bashing. Gulfed by the flames, your enemies attack for 24 damage. Just keep bashing away. 23, then 21. Okay, and nearly done, nearly done, and slain. 32 rounds. 42 experience. A wave of intense heat, coupled with a deafening war, startles you as a blazing inferno swiftly engulfs the armoured corpses of your foes. Matter of moments, only small piles of ash and the charred, empty shells Plate armour remained to mark the spots where the vicious reptilians fell. Owl's shrill cry to the north startles you. You turn in, in towards the sound of his voice and spot the master thief with his back pressed up against the rounded wall of the intact structure. As he attempts to fend off free silver arm tussle. Curiously note he still wields no visible weapon. You're about to rush your companion's aid. And you're suddenly confronted by a sinister and more immediate threat. A tall, slender woman, her bony fingers tightly gripping a long oak and iron staff, steps into your path and levels the weapon at your head. And just below her intense green eyes to the bottom of her chin, face is concealed behind a blackened wooden mask. Her lengthening, lengthy greying hair stirs in the breeze as her hardened face, hardened gaze meets your own. The thin grey cloak, cloak that splashes over her narrow shoulders flows behind her as she takes a step forward. You were warned to stay out of our affairs, she says. Her stern, forceful voice somewhat muffled by the mask that covers her mouth. It is now, at last, over for you. With that, a blinding crimson glow envelops the tip of her staff. Got a few options. Flee. Attempt to reach her before she can discharge her chat staff. Use destruction, shadow magic, telekinesis, gating... Elementalism or fortification. I'll use telekinesis. Succeeded. 8 XP to telekinesis. Your, cha- your channel magic seems to dissipate before it ever takes effect. Save your pathetic powers for mortal sport, she says coldly. Suddenly, her eyes widen and she takes a step back and moves the glowing tip of her staff slightly to the right. You glance to your left and find Owl standing to your side. The Master Thief, his face battened 
blackened by what appears to be soot, glares at the masked woman whose staff is now levelled at his head. The witches of Cardson make their grand entrance, he says, scowling. Where's your sister to Mifra? Or did you at last tire of sharing the venomous praise of the grand century? The woman's eyes narrow, though you can't see her mouth. You're but certain she's smiling beneath the mask. You were dead to us before this moment, she says, her green eyes assuming a fierce, almost wild look. How very sporting to reveal yourself so openly. Perhaps your witness companions not yet know who shares the road. You're so gifted and heartless a murderer. As for my sister, she flies south, easing as we speak clutching the very object that brought you to this forsaken spot. As clever as the owl thinks himself to be, my birds of prey have again proven swifter. Her words leave a sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach, Commutely tell they've affected owl in a similar way. Unless the woman standing before you, whom the owl has unaffected, Unaffectively identified a Tomifra, one of the witches of Cardson is lying. Your your mission to Shrine Island, including the destruction of the Shan Han, the deaths of its crew, has been in vain. Much has happened since you've left, she says, her gaze fixed on Yao. The war on the streets is won. Your miserable f- rabble found death at the gates of the Citadel and the alleys and gutters in which they sleep. The people of Cardson have turned against your toothless crusade. I need not tell, tell you how the wanks of the Roustmen have smelled, swelled with brave souls eager to hunt down your murderous crews. Brave souls whose minds are no longer their own, says Owl, who appears to be doing his best to reveal little emotion through his voice. Brave souls, those hearts are filled with the song of dark magic, sung by a sorcerer lord and chirped by his wars. I would have expected more from you, says Tamitha, casting her cold gaze in your direction, while keeping her staff trained on Al, keeping company with the murderers one might. What one might expect of one of this kingdom's wretched Wretched fangs, but you? Two massive bolts of flame slam into the ground several yards to the white to Mifra. The masked sorceress immediately tilts her head skyward and you follow the gaze. There, seated across the bright grey sky, is, in a, bo- is a broad-winged chotorok. Seated on the back of the soaring reptile is Uriel. Yay! Owl lunges at the masked sorceress. But she quickly regains her wits and discharges her staff, sending a broad arc of crimson flame hurtling towards the master thief. Owl is stuck on the thigh and sent sprawling backwards, backwards on the ground, where he lies motionless. Before you can react, Tumifu returns and unleashes a second bolt of flame. The deadly missile of fire shrieks towards your chest. So I've got a few options. I could dodge it, 
I could use elementalism or fortification. And I can't use telekinesis because it's not on a high enough level. I'll just use fortification. Succeeded. 24 experience to fortification. You channel your power of fortification with only a second to spare. A shimmering curtain. A curtain of silver sparkles appears in front of you. The massive bolt of flame slams into your magic barrier, magical power, and explodes upon impact, leaving you unharmed. Pythia seems to pay you little mind as she again snaps her head skywards in time to see Uriel seated atop her chatterock, swooping down out of the sky, her staff poised to deliver another blast of fire. The mass sorceress holds her hands above her head, just as Uriel unleashes two massive arcs of flame, exactly at the same moment, a deafening war, and a wave of intense heat sends sends you staggering backwards as a wide column of flame suddenly shoots up into the sky, completely enveloping Tomithia. Uriel's fiery missiles pass through the blazing column and slam harmlessly into the path to the earth. The column of fire rapidly subsides, leaving its wake no sign of the mass spellcaster. You turn to see Uriel's Chotoric land near the southern edge of the rings. Zoop! Owl's voice startles you, and you turn to find the master thief limping up from behind, aggressively breaking to the east with his white hand. Turning out to action, your heart sinks as you spot almost two dozen silver... Silver armor Tazor, slivering swiftly towards you. With Al, with Al at your side, you assume a defensive stance, prepare to engage the armored reptilian horde, now bearing down on you. As the horde of silver armored Tazor draws near, Owl turns and dashes off to the north taking a good number of the vicious creatures with him. You are left facing six of the vile snake men. You valiantly engage the first, the six silver armour tuzzle you face. Swipes at you its plated five-weaved arms, engulfed by flames. Engulfed by the flames, your enemy, for 24 damage. Okay. Going to battle way. Just let me look at this shrine for a bit. Gah. 40 XP. You step over the remains of your slain foe and prepare to engage the next of the vicious Antillians. You valiantly engage the second of the six silver armored Tazor you face. Okay, quick combat. You're slain. 40 XP. You step over the remains of your slain foe and prepare to engage the next of the vicious reptilians. You valiantly engage the third of the six silver armor Tazor you face. Quick combat, 41 XP, and I heal. You step over the remains of your slain foe and prepare to engage the next of the vicious. You valiantly engage the fourth. Quick combat. Alright, the fifth. Oh, oh! It's I'm quite quite wounded, so I'm just gonna heal myself. Yeah, lots of healing. That's what you do. 
and take it take it down flames the attack 21 damage and it is slain 42 xp you step over the remains of your slain foe prepare to engage the next of the vicious reptilians you valiantly engage the last of the six silver armor tassel you face quick combat 42 xp you step back and gaze down at the remains of the last of the six vicious reptilians. A wave of intense heat, coupled with a deafening roar, startles you. As a blazing inferno swiftly engulfs the armoured corpses of your foes. Matter of moments, only small piles of ash and the charred, empty shells of plate armour remain to what? Mark the spots where the vicious reptilians fell. Zoop! You turn to find Uria washing up from the south, the tip of her staff still smoking. She reaches your side and points to the north, while I was just now limping into view. Two of you rush over to steady the master thief, appears to be ready for topple at any moment, but she dismisses your hope and tells you that as all following him suddenly disappeared. In the same manner with Tomifria. He ignores Uriel for a moment and turns to face you. How do you like the masked sorceress? He asks. A wooden mask covering all but her eyes. Remind you of someone, does it? Should. We didn't get to see her sister. We're all, uh, but we're all better off for that. Shocking to me that they ever left Cardson. They were certainly desperate to get their hands on that book. Or at the very least, prevent us from doing so. Is this it? Oreo produces a small leather-bound book and crosses it out. The last remnants of, of, co of colour drains from the feast's face as he stares down, mouth agape, the book now resting his hands. You look at Oreo in disbelief. Dumbfounded as to how she became in possession of the book. It's easier to explain than you might think, she says. But we've got more to worry about than that. And that finishes this scenario with 1,024 experience to general and 128 experience to all skills and powers. And of course, I fully heal after doing it. So we've now passed an hour. So the next scenario is the Beast of Shrine Isle. So we have to. So I'm just going to save. And for now, farewell, fellow adventurers. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 